The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the High School Football Report, sponsored by UPMC. A little bit different cast this week. Dan, Dan Sostic here, Brian Linder here. I'm Brian Linder. Doing a terrible intro, right, Dan? Yeah, I mean, you know, when, um, when you know, it's, it's kind of like when you have a backup quarterback in, the, the cadence is a little off, there's a couple false starts, but you can still win the game if you, you know, iron out kind of the hiccups. I'm like uh, Billy Joe Tolliver. <laughs> you know, you know the whole story about Billy Joe Tolliver. I don't think I've ever heard the story of Billy Joe Tolliver. So Billy Joe Tolliver, you know, he was third string quarterback for the uh, New Orleans Saints, and there he was there when Dicka was there, and um, you know he that's back when a lot of teams carried three quarterbacks, and they got they put him in the game, and um, he played terribly. The Saints didn't have a good quarterback, and they got into the third teamer, and they put him in. He played terribly, and after the game. Uh, he admitted to the reporters he he just didn't know the plays, <laughs> so you know he didn't care to learn them. So he got cut because we've got Brian Joe Tolliver. Yeah, listen, I am no Billy Joe Tolliver. I'm no Brian Joe Tolliver. I'm a first stringer, Sostic. <laughs> Your first. Come on, you just signed a free agent. Yeah, so I am filling in for Eric Epler on our second. We do two of these per week to PI School Football Report. Uh, you know, um, and we're here with Dan and. Uh, late minute fill in. I will give you that. I'm a little bit of a late minute fill in here, but we're going to talk some high school football this week. First of all, Dan, how you feeling, man? You jazzed up. We're recording this on a Thursday. There's a couple games tonight. There's games tomorrow. It's a huge game on Saturday uh, with Cumberland Valley and Harrisburg. How you feeling? Yeah, we. I mean, I, everything's pointing to Saturday. That might be the game of the the game of the mid pen season in terms of pure competitiveness. But we'll we'll see how competitive it is. But I think. Some of us might differ on how close uh, we think it'll be. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a, another good week of mid-pen football. There's no real west, uh, no real real rest, especially with these uh, Thursday slates. But they're a little more fun. Keep you more, keep you on your toes all week. Have you gotten into the uh, Snickers-flavored coffee yet? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a little out on that right now. I, uh, I've, been drinking, I've been drinking the $5 Folgers cups uh, from Giant. So my new thing is, you know, I I, uh, I like all kind of different coffee stuff, and I'm down here in my man cave, uh, command center, I call it. I got five TVs going on Friday nights watching high school football. I got a, a coffee grinder, so I grind my, grind my beans now, so I buy different ones and try them. I got, like, five bags of, like, different versions, different types of coffee over there. I'm not, I'm not too much into the flavor coffee like you, Dan. I'm, I like coffee in my coffee. Oh, I mean – I, I don't put any I drink coffee black. The I don't think There you go. I don't think um the coffee's actually flavored. I think it's more just like the aroma. So. I like I like mine like motor oil. You yeah. know, like and, and everybody's like how, how can you drink coffee like that? And I'm just like, Well look, it gets the job done. Yeah, the, I don't you know I don't think you get as much caffeine in you the when you have all the milk and creams and whatnot. There you go. And it's it's not as good for you. No, it's, I mean, it's liquid calories. Can't drink that. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. So we live on that. For people who don't know, we live on that during the weekend with high school football. We're up late. Caffeine becomes an important tool of the job. Yeah, it's the eighth food group. I don't. Are there eight food? I don't know how many there are, but caffeine's one of them now for me. Enough talk about coffee. Let's talk some high school football. We're 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 damn. We're getting to the midpoint of the season, and uh, we've had a lot happen. And just looking back so far at this first half, you know, as far as just we're going to get to like some players and stuff. But as far as like memories and games, anything looking back across essentially the first half stick out in your mind so far? Well, I mean, it seems kind of silly to say what sticks out is from the very first week, but I'm still thinking about that um, emo tep charter Bishop McDevitt game. You know, uh, I still think that that was a game that kind of taught what I think a lot of us think is the best team in the mid pen, or at least the team that's has the best chance to win a state title this year in Bishop McDevitt. I think that was a big teaching moment for the Crusaders team when they lost 1914 to a really loaded Emotep charter team. He's actually lost uh, both their games since then um, close fashion. But I think that game's sticking out to me because I feel like McDevitt, it, like I said, is that top, you know, contender in the mid pen. And I think that it really kind of set the tone for where they want, where they kind of need to be to start the year. And then we saw that in their second game when I went down there to Wissigan High School and they blew out a, I would still say a good LaSalle um, college team. I know they're one in three, but that's a good team. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, um, I don't know what Bishop McDevitt's uh, deficit's going to be for the rest of the year, but I imagine it's going to be something in the, in the triple digits, the high, high triple digits uh, um, rest of the year. So that Emotep McDevitt game still is probably the highest level football game I've seen this year um, with the most talent um, that you'll be seeing on Saturdays. Um, that was a fun one. Yeah, I think that was an interesting game. We kind of already circled that, you know, heading into the season. I think everybody did. And I think one of the things that was most interesting about it is just to see where McDevitt was because they got in a 4 state title game. We knew they were talented, but they got in that 4 state title game last year. They played an Aliquippa team that was a really physical team, run-at-you type team, good running back. Uh, Imhotep probably has more talent. Well, not probably. I think everybody would agree they have more talent across the board than Aliquippa. But in a lot of ways, I feel like they're sort of built similarly in how they play. Physical up front on both sides, good running back. It's a tough matchup, and, and and McDevitt went out there, and they didn't play bad, Dan. They had chances to win, and defense scored a touchdown for him too. Jair Rollison, who's a kid who's who's made some plays, showed up for him. Uh, so I think they took some things from that where, sure, they lost the game, uh, but you could see where, you know, they had some stuff to build on. So that sticks out. Cumberland Valley. Yeah. Cumberland Valley, you know, Manhattan Township, Central York, right? I think um, we said last week on the podcast, uh, before that, before their win last week, uh, um, Epp said he isn't sure there's another team in the um, in the state that has as good of a three-win pair, like a three, a trio of three wins as Cumberland Valley had entering last week and they won again last week. Yeah, and here they are. And then, you know, as we record this on a, on a Thursday here, uh, they play Saturday, the big game. Uh, at Harrisburg at one o'clock, so that's that's a big one to circle. But you know, one of the things we like to talk about here, Dan, is not just the the games and the teams, but the players too, and and some of their stories. And 
I feel like we've had some some guys really kind of stand out, step up in the first half too. We look, when we look at the end of the year and we want to name our, our our players of the year. Anybody sticking out right here at the midway point for you is like maybe the top guy in the mid pen so far. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna talk more about McDevitt because I think they've got like ten kids on their team that could do it, and uh, you know you can always go with Harrisburg kids and Cumberland Valley kids. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to go a little off the off the board here, and it's not someone that I think necessarily, you know, is a player of the year candidate, but someone that I talked to a little bit um, um, a couple weeks ago and just a team as a whole that I think deserves a lot of praise because, um, you know, they they were picked, I believe, last place in our um, predictions for, uh, for you know, uh, their division. Uh, and that's. Uh, uh, that's Camp Hill's Drew Branstetter. I think I've been really impressed with what he's been able to do as a sophomore quarterback for the Lions. They're three and one. Um, I mean, like I said, no one gave Camp Hill really a shot to start the year. And granted, you know, it's not like they're beating Harrisburg's uh, Harrisburg or teams like that, but they've got wins over York Catholic. They beat Upper Dauphin, who's a solid team. I think that the um, I I just think sometimes you know those guys deserve a shout too. Guys who have really kind of outperformed expectations and uh Tim Bigelow is really he was kind of optimistic about Brandstetter going into the year and he told me when I did my story on Drew that uh Drew's got it he compared him he said that he's got it the way Michael Schuster had had it at Camp Hill which is anyone who is around when Michael Schuster was playing for the Lions that's pretty that's pretty strong praise for that program and you know uh Tim's been around that program forever so I'm going to give a shout-out to Drew Brandsetter. I think he's done a really great job for that line. Yeah, I think, you know, in the, you talk about mid-pen, Brandsetter's one. i tell you another guy who people probably don't talk about enough is, is Marcus Quaker, West Perry. West yeah. Perry's undefeated. They're up in Perry County, small school. This guy can run, throw it. You know, he's on the passing leaders list. He's on the uh, rushing leaders list. They just whipped up on a Trinity team. Boy, did they make did they make me feel silly when I brought them up as one of my upset specials last week? They, uh, I'm, I wonder if they listen to it. I know, um, I think Devin Woodfield listens to the podcast, uh, who does the stats for them. And uh, I apologize for uh, for putting you guys on upset watch. You guys uh, put egg on my. Yeah, I, I forget the final score, but they they went up on Trinity pretty good. And that's a Trinity team that has some improved talent. Um, you know, Messiah Mickens kid, who's who's got a. Texas A&M offer. They got a Stony Brook committed tight end, um, and, and Wyatt Cooper, um, and and they just spanked them. You know, Ian Goodling's another guy. There's a guy. Ian Goodling is he a guy who's podcast every week. I think because he's one he, of the top kickers statistically in the area. One of the top receivers. I think he plays defensive back. You know, um, the guy's having a heck of a year. West Perry's having a heck of a year. If they, you know, they're just they're up in Perry County and they're a smaller school, and I think people easily overlook them, but they've been impressive so far. Yeah, and then um, just another another guy that I think deserves some shine uh, is uh, Cole Bartram and just Northern York in general. I know they're two and two, and they actually were coming off last week a uh, pretty disappointing loss to Dover, a twenty nine twenty eight loss to Dover. But boy, I think they're I think they made up for that a little bit and and more with their win over Shippensburg last week. And Cole Bartram's just been a guy who since last year been a really reliable running back for them. So um, that's another guy that I was thinking about too, that, you know, aren't these, isn't the blue blood, you know, um, the the Harrisburg CV type teams that are just always, we're always talking about. So, 
I, I'm going to take it up a notch to own you and say, Deontay Sheffy. Uh, he's a freshman at State College. State College is undefeated. Yeah. It's a freshman running back averaging about 12 yards a carry right now for them. And and uh, and so, you know, he's having a great season. Uh, Tavon Cooper's having a great season um, at Greencastle, 504 yards. So he's a guy to mention. Um, but I think, too, you know, we're talking about guys who I expect who've shown through the first half that they can probably do it and we expect to rise. You know, we talk about them a ton, but you do have to say, I, I still think Stone Saunders is going to put up some monster numbers for me, Devitt. And Terrell Reynolds had four sacks. You saw, you were at the Carlisle game last week. Terrell Reynolds, people, listen, I keep saying this, damn. Terrell Reynolds comes from a school that produced Micah freaking Parsons, who might be the baddest football player on the planet right now. Um, and he has their sack record. He had 22 and a half sacks. You know, it's Terrell Reynolds. And, and now he's six this year. I was in the press box. Yeah, I was in the press box. Um, I we were kind of we had kind of been talking a little bit before the game about you know how does Terrell Reynolds not really have these high level offers? I um, people have been saying they're coming, and I'm sure they are. But we were saying before the game, you know, he doesn't really have any super like standout offers. By the second quarter of that game, um, the scoreboard operator turns to me and says, "How does this kid not have like?" of like division one offers this kid is a game wrecker i know he's not the biggest kid i know he's not the fastest. i know he's not the strongest they say that about a lot of guys and then they get to the next level and before you know it they're either transferring to top level schools or just dominating their competition so he's he's a division one player in my mind i mean it's sometimes it's easy to overrate these guys i don't think we're overrating terrell reynolds at all i think the thing with him is that he's you know he's he's like it's about six two two thirty five ish um, so kind of, kind of makes you a smaller defensive end. Um, and he has more of a defensive end skill set, I think, you know, but he can play linebacker too. I was actually just talking to Calvin Everett about, about that and whether or not, um, you know, he's a defensive end or linebacker. Cal says he thinks he could play either. Uh, all I know is this, you know, a lot of times, Dan, we do these rankings, we look at kids and we look at the, the measurables and the speed and stuff like this kid has played a high level of football. Um, what I mean, what I mean by that is he's played good teams with Harrisburg. Um, you know, Carlisle's better this year. And last year against Pine Richland, last year against Pine Richland, dude, first game, you know, is when he really jumped. I, he won that game for them in a lot of ways because he was always in the backfield, right? That's the thing about him. He's always in the backfield. There were, yeah, in the Carlisle game, I'm telling you, he could have had six or seven sacks. He over-pursued a couple times on Louis Shea. I think at a certain point, Carlisle quarterback, Louis Shank, he's a savvy guy in his own right. I think he started kind of getting a little bit of a feel of, hey, Terrell Reynolds is going to be in the backfield immediately. I got to, you know, drop, I got to pump forward an extra step or drop to the right an extra step. And then uh, Reynolds, it was kind of a bit of a chess match. Reynolds eventually figured that out too and got a big sack. But, I mean, he is, it's a, it's a matter of when, not if he's getting in the backfield in mid-pen game. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more. I think another guy we should mention, Dan, is, and, and honestly, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, Alex Irby. Um, he got off, you know, he had a couple games there where the numbers weren't exactly Alex Irby light. They weren't very big. 
but he, he threw for about 500 yards or so against Boiling Springs last week, seven touchdowns. Uh, and with all of the guys they got around him, from the McCross, the Perrys, the Jakadnos is really balling this year. Um, it looks like he has an opportunity, particularly down the stretch. I think the put up some monster numbers and he I think he, he'll probably be in that discussion again too when we talk about who's our player of the year at the end of the year yeah for the first two games I mean I don't even know if you could argue I think you just flat out say Jakai Noss has been there was their best player on offense he was dominant against a really good Bishop Canavan team he scored all three touchdowns for him in a big game he was kind of their offense in uh, their week two loss to Westinghouse but you know Alex Irby's a good enough quarterback that you're not going to hold him down for long and I mean, he's seen a lot of these defenses. I think we knew at Boiling Springs there was some revenge, and uh, uh, there was some revenge on their mind there a little bit after losing to them last year. They've got another vengeance game this week uh, against Big Spring uh, that I I would not be shocked if he puts up a similar stat line there and you know makes his kind of puts the cosmetics on those first two games by having uh, twelve to fourteen touchdowns in two weeks. But yeah, I, he's going to be a guy that I think uh, he's. Probably not our QB. I think Stone Saunders, if we're doing an all first half team, Stone Saunders is the starting quarterback. But you could easily see Alex Irby making a push in the second half to kind of get right back there and have the argument for best QB in the conference. I think, you know what? Again, I'm going to say it. I think Stone is the quarterback probably. But people could argue Marcus Quaker at this point. Um, you know, I think Stone's played a little bit better schedule. Um, you know, having played MOTEP, he threw for 280 against MOTEP. Um, so that that would probably be the deciding factor, but Quaker has played good. But I do expect Irby to put up some big numbers down the stretch there. And you know, besides him, any, you know, we, we've talked about guys who who we think could come out of the top. We've actually mentioned a few guys that have surprised us too. I have a few more guys surprised us. I did a story this week on Marcus Sweeney. And he's been a sort of a good basketball player for them. And, you know, he was pretty good last year in football, but you know, he's leading the mid-pen in receptions right now and, and receiving yardage, 461 yards. And they beat Cedarcliff because of him uh, last week, Dan. He, they were down 20 to 6, Dan. Mark Sweeney returns the interception in the fourth. Mark Sweeney returns the interception 45 yards for a score. Then he goes up and kind of mosses a guy for Cedarcliff. A uh, guy falls down. He keeps his feet. He goes 94 yards. And 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 they, they beat Cedarcliff. He's having a heck of a year. Yeah, I'll be seeing him for the first time this year on Friday. So against Milton Hershey, I feel like I feel like if they're going to beat Milton Hershey, who's been kind of you know they've shown some flashes there. If they're going to beat Milton Hershey, they're going to need a big game from from Sweeney. Uh, two guys, I would just say um, two guys. I'm not sure if surprise is the right word, but I guess surprise in that they're playing as much as they are for the teams they're playing for. I'm going with two freshman offensive and defensive linemen. Um, in on this, both playing in this game on Saturday, it'll be fun to see them match up. And that's uh, Tyler Merrill on Cumberland Valley, who I've talked a lot about, um, and Kevin Brown on uh, Harrisburg. So Ty- Tyler Merrill, I've talked about him a bunch. I keep keep hyping him up, but I think he deserves it. I think uh, I talked to I when I wrote my story about him before the year. Um, Cumberland Valley coach Josh Oswald, he said. He wasn't sure he didn't he wasn't sure how much Tyler was gonna play this year because he's a freshman. It's a good conference. Six five, three hundred pound kid, yes, but he he's never played at the varsity level. Um he started left tackle week one. We asked Josh Oswald about it. we asked Coach about it on podcast last week and he said 
I genuinely didn't think at the time he was going to start at left tackle for us. And he came into camp and he won the job. And he's been, I mean, you watch his huddle tapes. There's some fun pancakes to watch there. And then Tim Brown, uh, Kevin Brown, son of former Harrisburg uh, lineman Tim Brown, who played at West Virginia. Um, I, I went to their scrimmage earlier this year. I was like, who's that kid? That kid's giant. And they told me he was a freshman. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like he, he's a he's a huge kid, 6'5", 250, offensive lineman, defense. He's playing right tackle last week. Uh, he's he's going to be a mauler for them because one of our questions about Harrisburg this year was how are they going to fix up that line after losing a couple guys last year, Tyshawn Black, uh, Roy Irvin, those guys. He's been a big part of that because they've been running the ball well. Um, and he also plays on the defensive line. I think – I believe they kind of think of him more as a – defensive player first before like a defensive line kind of he's even better at that than offensive line but um to have two freshmen on two of the best teams in the conference i'd say that's pretty surprising that's not even mentioning you know messiah mickey yeah you know they they've proven to be really good i'll tell you another guy i know you guys have probably talked about him but it's luke luke paris at camp yeah. hill camp hill's been a surprise team he said he's put up some big numbers thaddeus krebs from cde is a guy you wrote a story about and he's really proven to to be, you know, a guy, right? Well, um, Lance Dean called him the most underrated defensive player in the in the state, which, you know, that's pretty lofty. There's probably some other coaches that would say their guys are underrated, but it's hard to argue that um, Thad Krebs isn't underrated. And I think we all kind of know why he's underrated. It's because he's 5'8". He's not the biggest, definitely not the biggest linebacker in the uh, – in the conference, but he's a wrestler. He's got that wrestler mindset there. We've seen so many times, um, you know, these wrestlers come about and just have the, have that kind of instinct that knows for the football. And I would argue that there might not be a linebacker with more of a nose for a football than uh, <laughs> in the, in the conference is bad crap. So yeah, that's another good, that's another uh, uh, good pick on, on your part. Luke Paris too. I'll also say is we were talking about this the other day about no one's no one was sure if he was you know even going to play football because he committed to play St. Joe at St. Joe's. Then oh he's just going to kick or punt. Now he's every week we get uh their box score he's got twenty tackles. So. He was he was our baseball player of the year. You know he's a good pitcher and uh, going to go off to college and play like you said. And here he is like you said. And it's not like he's a quarterback or anything. He's he's like you said he's in the backfield making plays so. He's having a big season. So, you know, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of fun stuff here, man. Uh, you know, you look down the stretch. Any guys who you think I tell you, a guy I think people should look out for down the stretch, and 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 even across the next couple of years, uh, just based off of not even watching this film, but seeing he's had a couple of good games, and knowing he's a young guy, JJ Kelly, Chambersburg. Yeah, you know, he's a triple jump champ, a great state champ. And and uh, I think the triple jump, right, or or is it a long jump? One of the jumping events. Set the program record uh, last year at the states. Uh, so he's explosive. He plays hoops too. He's a very good basketball player. Mark Luther's scheming ways to get him the ball now. They, I think, of the game last week. I, I didn't want. I wasn't at the game, but I believe I read it. They're really trying to find ways to just get the ball in his hands. Yeah, so he's like a, you know, he's six five two, right, Dan? Six four, six five. Yeah, he's a big kid. He plays basketball. Lean kid, has the explosion, has the athleticism. He's making some plays, so that's a kid to put on the radar, I think, 
for everybody for the rest of the season, and even past the season, because I think he's only like a sophomore, um, maybe even a freshman. Um, yeah. He's a young kid. So anybody else like that for you that you think maybe, hey, people should, should you know, I know you mentioned Tyler Merrill. I know you mentioned Kevin Brown. We talked about Deontay Sheffield. He's a young guy. There's a bunch of young freshmen and sophomores in this mid-pin conference right now who are playing, but anybody else you want to you mention before we? Uh, yeah, I think that obviously um, we we didn't really know kind of what to expect out of Cedar Cliff football this year because they, I would argue that among any teams in the mid-pen, they might have lost more of their pretty much what made them good last year than anyone else. I mean, they their offense last year was, if we did the yardage total, it'd be like 95% Trent Smith and Jonte Morris. Uh, so we didn't really know, you know, what was coming back this year. They came in with Ethan Durrell at quarterback, and now they've made a quarterback switch. Durrell is now playing safety and doing a good job for them on that end. So it's not like he's he's out there. But they've got sophomore Bennett Seacrest in their quarterback, and he's had a couple really nice games for the Colts. Um, you know, Colin Gillen just does a great job with that program. Uh, you knew that even if it was going to be a bit of a rebuilding year, it wasn't going to be a year where they weren't going to compete. They've got they've got uh they've got Bishop McDevitt this week, so they might not uh it might be a little tougher this week. But um, you know, they they did lose to Hershey twenty one twenty, but they're two and two on the season and uh I think Bennett Seacrest might be their QB for the next three years. And I think he's a kid that's gonna start playing he's gonna kind of start building momentum as the season goes. Elias Cody Cook, another guy who you guys saw in the preseason, he's a young guy. You know, he, he made a couple plays so far for Harrisburg. Wouldn't shock to see me for me to see him, uh, you know, have an increased role down the stretcher, make a few more big plays for them. So I think he's a guy to watch too. Oh, yeah. And one other guy, um, Angel Roberts on uh, Milton Hershey. I've been impressed with him. He's a, he's a kid that, you know, he's a pretty dynamic, uh, dynamic weapon for Kenny Emile out there. And um, they're a fun team to watch. They're, there's still a little bit of inconsistency there, but I think they're a team that's, not going to not a pushover. I think another team that we weren't sure what they were going to look like with graduating a basically the key cog in their offense and Deion Bryant. But I've I've liked what I've seen from Angel Roberts too. So we talked about kind of the first half, you know, and and we don't necessarily like to date the podcast, but Saturday you got a big one, Cumberland Valley Harrisburg. You ready, man? How you feeling about this one? I mean, it, it was tough. Upset uh, the line this week at Harrisburg. I believe is minus seven or minus eight, which I thought was a pretty tough line because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be in that one touchdown zone. I'm leaning, I'm leaning Harrisburg just because of the sheer, I think that they've got a little more juice on kind of the skill positions and a little more juice on the pass rush, but nothing would surprise me with this Cumberland Valley football team. I've been so impressed with how they've been playing. I've been so impressed with, what Isaac signs at quarterback, the leap he's made from last year to this year. It's got to be one of the most improved players, I think, in the conference. Um, the decision-making, he's he's had some – he's been an incredible decision-maker. He's really elusive. He's racking up the rushing yards. I think he's at 100 yards in three of the four games. He kicks for them. He plays defensive back. I think he's at a pick, too. He's really done it all for them, and they've kind of changed up their running game a little bit. They've gone a little more to – to Starrett's kind of the bruising running back. Um, J.D. Hunter's more of the big play guy and the punt returner. Um, but I, I still just think 
with Kyle Williams, with Makai Hopkins bruising everybody, with Sean Lee, who I've also think has made a really nice leap from freshman year to sophomore year at quarterback. I just think Harrisburg, especially at home, I think there might just be a little, a little too much big play juice for coming back. But let me tell you something: at the seven on sevens I went to at Susquehanna Township, these two teams were going at it in the championship game. There was a lot of back and forth trash talk. I think there's not going to be love lost. I mean, I think I don't think it's anything you know you have to worry about. But I think it's something where these two teams are going to be super competitive against each other. Kyle Williams is talking smack to the the sideline. They were talking right back. I think these teams kind of got the sense in those seven on seven. They when they play each other, it's gonna gonna mean a whole lot. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, I I think I'm, I'm picking Harrisburg in this one too. But you know, Cumberland Valley, Isaac Science, you mentioned him. He's a guy we probably should have been mentioning too. Is I mean, he's got to be in the mix right now too. As we talk about our mid pin player of the year, if they keep this yeah. up, and especially if they go and beat, it's like the Heisman, right? If he goes and beats Harrisburg, has a good game, then wow. Could kind of be like the Stetson Bennett of uh of uh, the mid pen where you know no one's really talking about him to start the year and then you pick up mm-hmm. a few big wins all of a sudden you're the high well, I mean he's doing it he is definitely doing it. he's doing it running like you said passing doing it everywhere this is an exciting game you're gonna get to cover it I'm I'm jealous <laughs> um because it's gonna be fun it's about as good as the high school football games you can ask for here at the midway point I think or as interesting of a matchup uh so we'll see how it turns out Dan. You know, a little spotty. I kept having messages come in. It's been a hectic day. Uh, I just did a inter- interview with the Kent brothers, Dante and Ronald uh, Kent Jr., who played at Harrisburg. They were Western Carolina. They're going to play at Penn State Saturday. That was interesting. And it's just been a busy and hectic day. I filled in. Wasn't always on, on, on uh, you know, I wasn't always on my best game here, I don't think. But we got a podcast, I think, Dan, and, and, and we got a week coming up that's going to be a weekend coming up that's going to be fun and filled with coffee and anything else you want to say, my man? Yeah, I mean, you can you compared it to Billy Joe Tolliver. I'll compare it to Matt Saracen. You know, uh, the, he's filling in for uh, any of you Friday Night Lights football fans. He uh, fills in uh, a little rough at first, but I think we got to the state title game. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Dan, tell him how to follow you on Twitter. Uh, yeah, follow me. Uh, pretty easy. Dan um, underscore Sostek, S-O-S-T-E-K. Um, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be covering Shippensburg, Susquehanna Township. Well, I guess this will come after that, but I'll be there tonight on Thursday. Then uh, Hershey, Milton, Hershey Friday, Cumberland Valley, Harrisburg Saturday. I'll have updates from all those. So follow, follow along. It'll be a good time. Stories all week. Make sure to go to penlive.com. Check out everything. Check out our picks and predictions where I'm absolutely – Demolishing Dan in the game. Hey, this, I'm up. I believe nine games. This is the week. This is the week where you get everything wrong. I get everything right. Surely I'm like John it. Anthony with that. The man with the plan. Yeah, so. I'll be winning, but I'll be winning. All right, everybody. I think we have a podcast. Dan, get out there and get after it, my man. Everybody, we'll see you guys soon, and talk to you again. Penlive.com. Check it out. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more.